You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Billy Bradley, Kansas Motor Speedway, about four years ago. I got a little discussion with our big friend, uh, our, our big buddy, who's also a big dude, Mike Z, up in uh, Iowa, who is always going to, I don't think he's missed a, a race at Kansas in 10 or 12 years. He usually takes his daughters or his or his kids yeah. or something. But he was like, man, you're, you're asleep on, on Kansas. It's one of the better mile and a half out there. And I just, you know, Billy, I just kind of thought every mile and a half kind of sucks. And I started paying attention to it. Billy, Kansas has been one of the better mile and a half tracks we've gone to in the last several years. And it did not disappoint, did not disappoint this past Sunday with the, at the, and now it's a, it's a cutoff race for the chase. I, I wasn't sure I was going to like it, but I don't think when you, when you get to the second round, Billy, I don't think it matters where you go. There's four guys that aren't going to make it. And the storylines are going to be good. The, the playoff scenario that we have now has made Kansas, which was a, a pretty damn good, one of the better mile and a half we've, we've had, it's turned it into a great little race, a fantastic uh, outcome that we've had ever since it's been in the playoffs for sure, and we were not disappointed, Billy Bradley. The race on Sunday saw weird dudes leading the race up front, got the pole, uh, crashes all over the place, big big events, Brad Keselowski doing something nobody ever thought we'd ever see, lose positions on the late restart with tires. Billy, it was uh, – with – about four feet to go, they called a caution on the last lap, made them run another green-white checker. So it was absolutely a fan's dream, a fan's dream. I'm here for it. Uh, I want it. I love it. And, Billy, from a fan's perspective, I'm not sure we could have asked for a hell of a lot more after coming off a fantastic Talladega race and going to an extremely entertaining Kansas race. What do you say, bud? Yeah, it's funny you talked about the, the last caution lot. I, I listened to the race the old school way this weekend while working on a, my old piece of shit truck that broke down <laughs> during the week. But, uh, you know, like the radio, they played this up. Like, you know, radio is it's always a great way to go back and just listen to the race like you used to have to do in the old school days. Yeah. But, you know, they made it, they always make it seem like it's so much better than it actually is on TV. <laughs> and when they called that, I thought there's no way that was really that close for the caution coming out than him crossing the finish line. But I went back and watched it, and it really was that close. So I got a big thumbs up for MRN for for pumping that up because it was a nice. Yeah, for sure. MRN does a fantastic job, no doubt. Fantastic job. And, it, and Billy, you're right. A lot of times you hear those guys on the racetrack, or you, you, if you're watching the race and listen to them, sometimes you're like, are they? Oh, they're watching the same race we are, but absolute great calls, <laughs> exactly. fantastic way to go. We need to bring Rob Lopes in here. Rob, not only did the y'all day um, start, actually started good. Y'all did uh, great in qualifying. You had some some bad trouble early that that got you all. I mean, you picked a good time to finish 40th. Uh, thank God you didn't do this, you know, while you were in, still in the playoffs. But why did we yeah. see? So, and I'm going to say it's a fluke. Daniel Hamburg on the pole, David Reagan on the outside. I mean, that, that's just something that nobody would have called. But why did we have such such disparity from from who normally is up front on on qualifying day to who actually ended up on the front row qualifying uh, day? Can you help us out, explain any of that for us, Rob? Well, uh, you know, you're, you're exactly right. It was probably some anomalies there as far as qualifying goes um cooler temperatures and you know rain and such you know create different track conditions some teams making qualifying runs in practice some teams didn't and there was probably a pretty diverse uh setup situation i mean when we go to these 550 tracks you know at the mile and a half with the drag ducks and everything there's basically two ways you can go about these race cars you can trim them out and kind of reduce your downforce and you go for speed or you can, especially when it's an impound race, uh, or you can put the downforce to it, which is going to slow you in qualifying, but it's going to make you a lot more stable 
but it takes some of your speed away, you know, once you're in, in race, you know, once you're in the race. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot going on there. And I, and personally, I can't tell you who did what, um, there were some cats that were really trimmed out and, you know, and if you have clean air and you're trimmed out, it doesn't hurt you as bad when yeah. you get in traffic and you're trimmed out, you know, as far as, you know, taking some of your downforce away, uh, it kind of gets a little hairy. Um, yeah. So it, it was a, it was a whole different thing. The six car had a, I think their best, I think we had our best qualifying effort of the year, best qualifying position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that went away in a hurry. And, um, any of anybody who follows me on Twitter saw a hashtag I threw out there, penthouse to the outhouse. So as we have uh, probably our best finish in Talladega with a great race car, and, and Ryan drove a really smart race and a great race and finished great. And then we go to Kansas and have a great qualifying effort, and that went away in a hurry. I mean, <laughs> we had issues before we got to double-digit laps, and things went away from there. So... Um, we uh, the six months we we were spectators pretty early, unfortunately. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned being. By the way, I love the impound races, Billy. We've talked about it a few times here. Uh, when we had Bob Parker's yeah. on, he talked about it. But the fact of the matter is, when you have an impound race, a lot of these guys knew that you know the teams that were in the hunt and and the better teams were going to set their car up for the race because the the, the Setting it up for, just like Rob says, setting it up for qualifying wasn't necessarily going to help you. But let's look at old Daniel Hembrick that started on the pole, Billy Bradley. He finished 31st. And David Reagan started on the outside pole. Uh, he finished 26th. Um, and what really sucks is, like, you know, Ryan Newman just started 7th. They had problems early, got in an accident. And, and next thing you know, they're out of it, Billy. But, hey, listen, Denny Hamlin absolutely positively it's a different Denny Hamlin for sure Billy Bradley Denny Hamlin absolutely owned that race he led 153 of the 270 some odd um 277 odd laps but but that to me isn't the story of the race we I think every one of us picked Denny Hamlin to make the final four the story of the race to me is the failure of Brad Keselowski to make the damn round of eight. And i got to tell you something, Billy Bradley. Now, I, I know uh, Ryan Blaney won Talladega. I know Joey Logano barely got in. He got in. but he, So they got two of the three cars in over at Penske. But if it wasn't for just a, a, a hell of a absolute day for Logano, you're looking at Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano out. And i got to tell you, I – Something is wrong over there. They have not. Ryan Blaney's been okay this year. I mean, obviously he's you know he is where he is. But if he doesn't win that race at Talladega, Billy, he he may not make it in. And it, it just seems very yeah, perplexing to me. Yeah, yeah, and it seems perplexing to me, Billy. I don't know if this is a situation where now Brad Keselowski isn't one of the younger guys. He's one of the older guys, and you know he and Paul Wolf have been together a long time. But I just it just seems odd to me that Penske has has not shined as well as they as well as they have here through you. Do you do you see the same thing, Billy, or am I just am I overplaying it? Is Brad Keselowski and those guys fine? What do you think about Penske moving forward? Well, at the end of the race I thought uh Brad Keselowski was in and Chase Elliott was out because the way they were talking on MRN at one time uh Chase was out by two points. And then all of a sudden he was in, so I was kind of, you know, bum-fuzzled with that. But, yeah, I'll get back to the Penske thing. You know, Ryan Blaney's definitely not in the round of eight if he doesn't win the race. And Joey Logano's just, I mean, he's salvaging a few top tens here and there, but they're not up to where they have been. You know, I just before we go any farther, uh, Rob Lopes used the word anomaly and you just used the word bumfuzzled. And I can't, I don't know, I can't wait to see what the C word is I come up with. I hope it's something smart. Uh, but anomalies and bumfuzzled <laughs> is, is what we're going right down the alphabet with some, some good I'm words hey, here. I got a C word for you right now, just going by what you just said. I got a C word for you right now. 
uh, Dan, you can use confusion because you don't you, – right now you're probably like, what in the hell are these guys talking about? I'm trying to figure out where we're at on this thing. But let me tell you about – Keselowski starts the race 20 points ahead of, of Elliott. And at the last restart, Keselowski, who is a restart guru, I mean, he's – you know, you got Kyle Busch, you got – you know, Denny Hamlet, Joey Logano, I mean, I would consider Brad Keselowski to be a top five restarter for sure. He goes backwards to 19th. And I just, it just seems really odd to me. But, but and out of the, take the other side of the page, Billy Bradley, Chase Elliott did absolutely everything he needed to do. He started uh, in a shitty spot, came all the way, fell back early, and then came all the way up to finish second in this race. I, Rob Lopes, you've been around a long time. The, the the fans crowned him baby Jesus before he even raced one uh, one cup race. This kid is turning out to be the oh, real we're, deal. We're, we're talking about we're talking about the driver of the nine, right? Yes, the driver of the nine, baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> you know redneck Jesus two point oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's he's a real deal, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And anybody that thinks he can't drive a race car doesn't watch cup racing. That's for sure. And to count him out when the chips are down, I think is a huge mistake. You knew the guy was going to drive his ass off. He knew he was in a tough spot. He knew he had to run well. And you can, you can guarantee that that bloodline right there, because his dad was the same way. He knew how to manage his race car. He knew how to take advantage of things when he had to. He knew how to make speed. He knew what to do, and it has transferred to the next generation. That cat right there, he's as cool as snowman sweat, and he can get it done in the race car. <laughs> and he's proven it. i, I got to tell you something right now. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing, Billy Bradley. I hate to agree with you, but you said two things. Uh, you, snowman sweat is something I'm going to start using, Rob Lopes. Um, but last <laughs> week on this podcast, when I picked him as my my driver, you said, and I quote, great clutch driver right there. And I'll be damned, Rob Lopes, this kid is young. So I said career, that. You said that last week on the podcast. I, said I went. That. Yes, I went back and looked, listened to it. I thought you said some. There's my C word, which is actually a C word you used clutch. last week. But clutch, the the kid absolutely clutch. came in clutch. He never panicked. He yeah, never yeah. freaked out. And and Billy, was you were listening to the race? Here is something that I loved that Chase Elliott did to end stage one. The only way Chase Elliott could help himself was to push the twenty two to victory in there. Do you realize that? The only way he could do that was to push him, was to push and help the 22, which, but he was like, you know what, that was, that was, I had to do that because it was it was the way I needed to run my best race. The best now, move we, for him, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we just left Talladega. And, and you see a lot of that. You see a lot of that. Yeah, and we just left Talladega, and the, the Chevy drivers, you know, having a secret meeting about the Corvette, well, guess what? We go to Kansas, and all that shit's out the window. It was like, if Chase Elliott doesn't push the 22, Chase Elliott doesn't get that point, and guess what? He damn sure needed it. If, uh, I, if Brad Keselowski wins that stage, yes, Chase Elliott's exactly. out. Yes. No, go ahead. Go, Billy. Go. Yeah, that's I what mean, I said. Brad Keselowski wins that stage, and if he, Chase Elliott's out. He's He's done. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a, it's amazing to watch. I love the way this this plays out. I think everybody was, I mean, at Talladega, if you don't have a plan before you start that race, you, you are planning to fail. So I, I and I don't know why everybody would be all bent out of shape for uh, you know Chase Elliott to do what he had to do. Elliott's the only there ain't many Chevy drivers you know left in there. No Hendrick Motorsports guys are left. He did what he needed to do to get up there, and, and congratulations. Congratulations to him. And look at this. Chase okay. Elliott, uh, look at those final eight drivers. Not the final eight, the, the last eight for the chase. Mm-hmm. Of all those names, you've got three Joe Gibbs racing cars, a Penske, Stuart Haas, Chase Elliott. Hendrick yeah. Motorsports is really the only car team that's 
able to compete with Stuart Haas, Penske, and Joe Gibbs. So what Hendrick Motorsports is going to do, they're going to pump all their resources right to that nine car. And they're going to Martinsville this week, a good track for Chase Elliott. So Chase Elliott is really the one people better keep their eyes on for this championship. You got that right. And as we go, speaking of the championship, as we go forward, we're in the round of eight. Four guys got to go. Uh, Kyle Busch still is is leading the points. I know, Billy Bradley, you hate that worse than uh, what toilet paper. Too, oh, drastically. The point yeah, and, oh, four points. Yeah, he's four points above Martin Truex Jr. Denny Hamlin is nine points. Here's where it gets interesting. Joey Logano's fourth at minus 16. Kevin Harvick, minus 18. Kevin Harvick's had the best shittiest year of probably any race car driver that I can remember. I mean, he's, he's missed. I mean, literally, I think he's underperforming like crazy. And that son of a bitch is still fit. And he's only, hell, he's only nine points out of third for Pete's sake. But right at fifth, or at fourth, he got minus 16, Joey Logano. Fifth, minus 18, Kevin Harvick. Sixth, minus uh, 22 points, Chase Elliott. So those three drivers for that last spot hey, are only separated by six points. Go ahead. Hold on just a second. Let me – the sixth, seventh, and eighth, correct me if I'm wrong, but they won the last three races, right? Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Larson. That's right. Ryan Blaney won Talladega, uh, and he's in eighth. Kyle Larson won um, – which one did he win there? Uh, uh, Dover. Dover. He won Dover, and Chase Elliott won um, uh, the the first one to put us in there. I can't remember which one it was. But those are your last three winners, buddy, and um, and, and that's who that's got it. That's who's in there. How about that? Yeah, I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, I think when I looked at it, I said, that's the last three previous winners we've had. So, I mean, yeah. look how you can tell by how far they're out in the points as well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott don't don't have that victory and and those points in there, I mean, they don't they don't go any any farther. It's it's this is all to say it's of all this these this these four somebody's going to have to win. I, I think the champion is going to have to win in this round, and I firmly believe the yeah. champion's going to have to win Homestead. I, I really believe that, Billy. I mean, I. Oh, I agree. What, what do you, you think that's what it's going to take, Billy, to win the championship? Oh, I 100% agree. There's too many names in those eight. Well, I'll go with six because I think Kyle Larson and Blaney are done. Because okay. six people right there, there's too much talent right there to not win the race and have to be, take the championship. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Rob Bloke, is, is you said this early in the season when Martin Truex Jr. was winning some races and those sorts of things. You're like, hey, those Toyotas got it figured out. The Fords, the Fords are going to come up here, but there's three Toyotas in chase, and they are one, two, and three. And from a manufacturer's standpoint, oh, and they're also from the same damn team. Um, yeah, and, 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 and Rob, when you look at, you know, three of the four people in one organization are are not only in the cha- in, in the playoffs, but one, two, and three. That's a testament that an organization strength. Yes. Well, absolutely. And if you look at a manufacturer breakdown, you think about how many Toyotas are in the field. Yeah, not many. Okay. You, there's not many, and basically, as far as for lack of a better term, contenders, there's four, and they're Joe, yeah. and that's Joe Gibbs race. That is exactly. Okay? You look at the Fords, you look at the Fords, you've got SHR, yep. you've got you've got Penske, and you've got yep. Roush. Yep. And I'm not, I mean, and I'm just going to cut it clear. We are the bottom feeders of the Ford organization. I'm sorry, not the bottom feeders, but we're B tier. Yeah. We're we're a second tier we're second tier compared to Penske and, and SHR. SHR and I'm not yeah. and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything we are and are we improving yes we are yep however Damn sure let's be honest it. about what we're looking at let let's be honest with what we're looking at SHR and Penske are carrying the Ford banner yeah that's all there is to it and then you have Chevrolet yeah. which is basically Hendrick 
and Childress. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got you got Hendrick Childress and you got Chip Ganassi Racing, but there's only one Chip Ganassi, Chevy manufacturer. Oh, I'm sorry. And Chip Ganassi Racing, and Chip Ganassi Racing, and they have they have flexed their muscle more than once. Chip Ganassi has. Yeah. Uh, and and you know Childress is probably off like a you know one tooth from being yeah. amazing. Yeah. Maybe two teeth. Yep. You've got, but you know, Chip Ganassi Racing, they're a, basically a, they're an engine customer of Hendrick, yep. and they've got a, and they've got a lot of strength. They've got some really good people over there. So, and they're still, you know, they're still there. Kyle yep. Larson is a wheel man. Kurt Busch is a proven champion. So you mm-hmm. can't any, take anything away from either of those cats, even though Kurt's out. Yeah. So it's going to be big. It's going to be big. And Hendrick has, Hendrick has one car in there. Uh, Chip Ganassi Racing has a car in there, and here we go. Yeah. Well, I think finally since Kyle Busch is not able to ride that regular season points lead that he was, he earned, but he was able to keep. But I think, I think Kyle Busch is done. He's Uh, he's on like two or three races. He's finished in the top ten in out of these six races. Here's how important – this is how bad Kyle Busch knows he's been in the playoffs. He was absolutely livid, and I mean absolutely livid with coming in third because he knows his team has not performed at all, and it's going to take victories to win this championship. And he is flat-out stunk. This is, and, and you and I call it – we call it – Every year, I mean, the year he won a championship, he didn't race um, more than half the races. Come back, Charlotte. Come back in May. He was out from February to May. Yeah, and then come back in and 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 won his championship. It's the only thing he can't put together a full season because his brain gets in his way, just like just like Bubba Wallace's brain. Except Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch have two different levels of talent. Um, but the fact of the matter is, Kyle, Kyle Busch is in deep shit. He has to go to Martinsville, and he has to he has to get a he has to get a victory, Billy Bradley, or he's not going to make it. He just hasn't been running good enough, and he's damn sure not going to outpoint Denny Hamlin or Martin Truex Jr. or Kevin Harvick, who is having again he's having the best shittiest race uh, uh, year of his career. And I just it's going to take Kyle Busch winning, in my opinion, to get there. And so far of the for the to the first six races. He hasn't showed me shit. Um, he has what, You're going yes, to Texas he, and yep. then uh, Phoenix. So you Phoenix. got a Denny Hamlin track and then a, a Kevin Harvick slash Denny Hamlin track coming up. Yep. Yeah, in Texas, uh, listen, Texas is Martin Truex Jr. all day long if I got to pick a race winner right here. I mean, he's he's won that race several times. Uh, Kyle Busch knows how to get around that track, but, you know, his love for mile and a half has gone straight to shit now that – you know, he can't do anything with this with this car. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about some news. What do you say? Thank you for listening, and we hope you participate with us. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Google Play, and visit our website, sloppyyellow.com, where you'll find information on being a Patreon and helping our charity, weareyoumatter.com. All right, Billy Bradley, just a few notes that I picked up off the interwebs. Uh, regarding racing. Now, Billy, you know you and I have been called everything from a dumb mother cuss word to um, uh, idiots. Uh, Dars, which is a dumbass race fan, we've been calling we've been called everything except a smart man when we say that this package has been absolutely fantastic racing. True or false? One hundred percent true. Well. <clears throat> Scott Warfield, who works for NASCAR, um, as a matter of fact, he is uh, – actually, I don't know what the hell he does for NASCAR, but he's in NASCAR. He tweeted the other day, and I, I'm, I'm reading directly from his tweets because it it's an amazing, amazing stat. Why are ratings, attendance, and other metrics headed in the right direction? Average margin of victory over the first 32 races of 2019. So um, Daytona – to last week, the average margin of victory in 2019 is 1.587 seconds, okay, with 
17 of those 32 races, so just over half, 53% this season, finishing with a margin of victory of less than a second. So let's, let's, not, even go right to, let's not even go any farther, Billy Bradley. So you're talking about the winner. In 32 races, the average winner is in front of second place, one and a half seconds. Now, I can remember way back in 2006, Billy, where you could take the second place driver and use a sundial to figure out the margin of victory. And, and now we're down, we're talking about uh, 1.5 seconds, okay? And he continues. The average number of leaders per race, which is 9.31, is the highest number of winner, leaders per race since 2014, which was just 10.06. So lesson, lesson one. And the average number of lead changes per race, 18, through the first 32 events of 19, are the most since 2014 when there was 21.53. So you're talking about, Billy, in the last five years, this is the best race season. It's 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Cuss word. The only one that's, that's better is 2014, Billy, but there's more. The 2019 season has produced 1,028 green flag passes for the lead, in a year-over-year comparison to 18 and 19, um, it's higher by 51%. So it's not even close. Anybody who has called me a dumb mother word. for saying that, well, NASCAR season is, or NASCAR racing sucks can go to hell because fact of the matter is it absolutely does not suck. You may not like the style of racing, but it is producing more green flag passes. It is producing the closest margin of victory and the most lead changes we have seen in five years, Billy Bradley. Don't you feel a little vindicated, son? Did I lose you, Billy Bradley? Yes, I, I agree with, I mean, everything you said, we've been arguing this point for the last five years, and just like you said to all y'all that have called us a dumb mother cuss word. I mean, the stat speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. You and I have seen it. We have, absolutely we've seen it. Some race fans have seen it. Other race fans, by the way, in the last six or seven races, uh, nobody's uh, commented that, that I'm a dumb mother cuss word for saying that the racing was good. The race is absolutely I'll good, Billy Brandon. Because, it, because it, it, now they can't be if, – if, if that's your opinion, your opinion just isn't right. It, it's just not right because these, this is absolutely the best season of racing we have had in five years. Now, Rob Lopes, we have heard many drivers say they can't do anything with the car. Low horsepower, high downforce. All the cars are right there. You can't get together. Well, guess what? Kyle Busch may hate it, but – from a fan, and I know you're you're a guy that wants to get separation, all that kind of stuff. And I I, I want to see the the leader. I want to see some passing up there, uh, too, and all that sort of thing. But from a fan's perspective, Rob Lopes, the racing couldn't be any better. <laughs> Just because the cars are slower, yes. They're they're closer together, yes. But it's it's action packed from a fan's perspective. Knowing that those stats are the stats they are now, Rob Lowe, are you surprised by by those stats from being a garage guy, or does that seem about right to you? How, how do you how do you interpret that? Well, I'll be honest with you, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I was very skeptical about what we were doing as far as our packages go, especially you know mile and a half and bigger, you know, with the drag ducks and everything, and you know slowing the speeds down and all that. And it, it, it was a work in progress. And if you recall, I remember saying, you know what, we're just going to make bad racing take longer mm-hmm. because we were slowing things down and, you know, it was tough to pass and this and that. But as things develop, as the learning curve goes, and as teams figure out, okay, you know, we have two different ways to go about this. We can go high down for us or we can go low down force and pick up speed, you know, there's options there. And and that's what you see, you know. You see guys going, okay, we're going to trim the car out, we're going to take some down force away, we're going to go for speed. 
and you see other guys go, okay, we're going to go high down force. We're going to take away some speed for qualifying, but we're going to be very stable and very solid for the race. And then there's even middle ground there. We're going to go, okay, we're going to split the difference. Yeah. And, you know, we might struggle in traffic, but if we get in clean air, we're going to be awesome. But in traffic, yeah. we're going to be fair. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we've come to. And it's a, ma- it, it's a matter of managing the package and getting everybody on board with what you've got going on. Yeah. And, you know, Kyle Busch, he is, he is a driver of drivers, just like, I mean, you know, he's a past champion. He can yeah. wheel anything. I mean, if you put him in a wheelbarrow race, I would put money on him, yeah. you know? And, and he, you know, he may not like what we're dealing with, and he may not like the package, but I can guarantee you the races he's won. Yeah. As a matter of fact, let's go back to, what, 2006 when he won the very first. Yeah, car of the moral race. Yeah. He was in victory lane. Bitching yeah. <laughs> about the car. Complaining about how crappy the race car was. But you know what? Yeah. You drove that son of a gun to a win. That's right. Come on, brother. You know what? If you got it in you, you got it in you. So let's do it. Yeah. You know, and all well, these guys, all these guys, you know, you know what? They're cashing big checks. Yeah. So, you know, let's go race it. You know what? Yeah. You've got it in you. Also, your race car, be honest with your crew chief. Be honest with your team. This is what I need. Yeah. And you, and you let it ride, and you do it. Yeah. You know, because... All that simulation and all the computer models and all that other crap, you know what, that's great. And all that stuff is what it is, is a package builder. Yeah. This is what we're going to go with. But if your man that's sitting in the seat that has his hips tucked in there and he can feel everything that's going on in that race car, if he ain't feeling it, then you need to give him what he feels. That's right. And and I, you know, me being a uh, quote-unquote experienced crew member, those cats need to feel something. Yeah. You know what? you got the younger guys that are down with video games and stuff like that, but yeah. you know what? The video game thing, you don't hit hard in the video game. <laughs> you right. don't hit hard in the simulator. Okay? Yeah. You hit hard on the racetrack, and when, the, when, when, it's, when it's all said and done, there's still a human sitting in the seat and you yeah. still got to hustle that race car, and you still got to do what you got to do. Now, that computer simulation doesn't hurt the driver. But yeah. by God, that, that stinking wall does. Well, it's funny you mentioned so, that, Rob you know, Lopes, because the fact of the matter is, not only do they not hit the wall hard in the simulator, but they also don't have to pay for wrecked race cars in a simulator. They just reboot and start yeah. over. And, and guess what? Billy Bradley, right. Kyle Bush ain't going anywhere else. He, he ain't going to any other racing series. He knows his check, everything. His bread is buttered right freaking there at, at, at in NASCAR, and he ain't going anywhere damn else. And I, it's, it's and this is all to say, Billy Bradley, uh, you and I are absolutely vindicated. Uh, this has been a fantastic race season. Yes, it's completely different from what the drivers had before, but I, I'll take this 100%. I'll take this over – um, anything we saw with the car tomorrow. There's something else that came out here. Oh, Bob Pockers is on top of, he's on top of all kinds of shit. Let me tell you about this. Billy, you remember, uh, Rob, you remember at the beginning of the year, we were talking about D.C. Dower, uh, solar because, I mean, poor old Ross Chastain had him a ride. And he had his little... up all year that he was riding, and then they got shut down, what, just a few weeks before they gone? I, I think the 1st of February, Billy. It's like, the yeah, end of January? And it was a government thing. It was a government thing, if I recall, wasn't it? Yes. Well, like, here's what happened. Kind of thing. The two, um, two people pled guilty to participation in a Ponzi scheme involving, okay. now, Billy Bradley, hang tight here. These are real words. Two and a half billion dollars with a B, Billy Bradley. Two and a half billion dollars in transaction and a billion dollars in loss. And here's what these guys were doing, okay? What they were doing is that they were manufacturing mobile solar generators, okay? They called them MSGs. They were mobile solar generators. They were mounted on trailers. 
and they touted that they were, you know, very versatile, environmental, um, sustainable, and they could be used by cell phone companies to provide emergency power, you know, and, and that sort of thing in case of, you know, natural disasters and all that kind of stuff. And they were also claimed to be in high use and, uh, you know, like power the power lights and, and sporting events and other events and that sort of thing. So they invested heavily in, in, in NASCAR, by the way. I mean, that, that's what they, they got all this money. But here's what they did. What they would do is they would make X amount of these things, okay? And then they would get people to buy into it, all right? And then they would use that money, and part of that money that they used, Billy Bradley, was that they sponsored NASCAR. They paid themselves, they, but they used all that money from the first group of investors. And then, and here comes here comes the shitty part, okay? <laughs> they had these units that they had that they were selling shares of to these to these people who invest in them. And then what they would do is they'd go out there, and they would take the VIN numbers off these damn trailers slap a new VIN number on them and then and they were defraud they would these investors would send inspectors out to look at these units. Well they were the same damn unit, Billy. The same unit just with a different VIN number on it. So they get another round of investors to come in. They would use that money to pay off the first guys to to sponsor things like NASCAR and that sort of thing. And and so basically the accountant of DC Solar and a poor damn electrician who was making money off of this? He was the guy who went around and and uh, and and was taking the VIN numbers off of this thing. But that's what they were doing. They were they they made a few of these things. They got investors, and then all they did they didn't produce any more Billy Bradley. They just took the VIN numbers off and got more damn investors. And that is the craziest no, shit to no, me, Billy. Well, why didn't they have confidence in their product? Why didn't they What's that? just produce more and have confidence in their product? That, that's, you know, just listening to what you said, and this is all news to me. Mm-hmm. Why not have confidence in your product? You had people that were buying in. Instead of making more units and making your company a mammoth, yeah. you you bail out on it, and you turn it into a Ponzi scheme is basically what happened. You bailed out on your technology. You bailed out on your your theory. You bailed out on everything that made you build that for the quick buck. Well, here's the funny part of that, Rob That's Lopes. the sad part about it, as far as, I, as far as I'm concerned. That's the sad part about it. You bailed out on what you believed in to start with. Well, here's what happened. They didn't put these things anywhere. It was all on paper. They never went and powered cell tower companies or cell towers for people were – all they did was collect money and tell people that that's what was happening. They recreated or they created year-end financial statements like they had rented these things out all over the country, and they never rented one of them. Uh, well, I remember <laughs> seeing DC solar things all around the racetracks. Yeah. So, not, so what do you make, not, 20 of them, and then you just change VIN numbers every time you go somewhere? You got it, buddy. That's exactly what they you know, did. What the sad part about it is is – and, and that's and that's what I'm getting at. You didn't believe in what you had, and now mm-hmm. it cost you everything. It cost them everything, and you these already two had it made. Go to jail. You had it made. You had it made. Yeah, there, there, absolutely. There's, there's a, a minimum statutory penalty of five years, but um, for, for the, uh, I'm sorry, for the, um, for the electrician, he's going to do five years regardless, um, and and the the accountant is going to do. Um, is going to do a, a hell of a lot more, but but check this out. This is this is the funny part about this thing. Bob Parker's tweeted this. I, I, this is not. I didn't do. I did exactly zero of this research except for read Bob Parker's thing. So here's what they would do at Phoenix um, in November of last year. Uh, Jeff Karpoff who is of D.C. Solar, did this press conference telling about how we're going to sponsor Ross Chastain and blah, blah, blah. And at the very same time, he was trying to buy citizenship from a country where they couldn't be extradited to the United States. Isn't that some shit? They're at Phoenix Motor Speedway, Billy Bradley, um, talking about sponsoring freaking Ross Chastain 
and the, literally the FBI has uncovered documents that they were trying to buy uh, um, passports and citizenship to a country that the United States couldn't extradite them to. This literally, you you could not write a story like this. This has this is so crazy. It has to happen in real life. I, I'm completely flabbergasted. There's my F word, by the way, flabbergasted. Um, I'm completely flabbergasted that this this thing kind of made it through. I've never heard of anything like this in NASCAR, bud. No, it's definitely some major news. And like you said, it's just, it's very shocking. Like, it's, I mean, it's shit you wouldn't even think of. I mean, you said billions of dollars. I mean, not even millions. You said billions. Billions with a B. It's crazy, crazy wild money. Yeah, that's 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 unbelievable. And these are supposedly smart people that came in here and uh, <laughs> that, that were. I mean, that, yeah, they, they, they thought they were smart. Good. good God! Hey, there's one other piece of news I want to get to here real quick before we go to we start talking about uh, Martinsville. Billy Bradley, I, at the beginning of the year when Barstool Sports uh, came on here, you and I both thought um, I, I, that it was a pretty big deal. I mean, my son, who's 26, he care less about you know, NASCAR, I mean, all that. I can't tell you how many times my son has has texted me uh, stuff at Barstool Sports. He's an avid listener of Barstool uh, Sports and, and Pat McAfee before that. But he would That's text me. Yeah, all of his age group is, man. I mean, it's all of his, every time he would go to, like, an AT&T store, every iPad, you know, or, or cell phone that they would have on display, he would go ahead and, and um, set the home screen to the Barstool, Barstool Sports um, uh, homepage and then tweet a picture of it to those guys. And But that, that is that age group's thing. Well, during the Talladega race, of course, it was on a Monday. They were live watching it on the air. And, of course, Talladega being Talladega, it introduced a, a whole new generation of fans to NASCAR racing that just hadn't been involved in. I got a stat for you Adam Stern put out there. By the way, I'm reading a lot of the Internet on this podcast today, but I think people need to, need to hear this. Um, Billy, NBC earned a 3.32 million viewers for the NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas Speedway. Now, it is up a whopping 20%. Holy shit. From 2.76 million for last year's race. It is the is NBC's most watched NASCAR Cup Series race since Homestead last year, 4.18 million viewers. Wow. Now, Billy. And you're talking about Kansas. Kansas. And we all know there's one wow. reason why this thing got 20%, and it is the most watched race since last year's um, uh, finale. And that's because Barstool Sports made it cool to a bunch of 20-something-year-olds that were sitting around and wanted to check out Kansas Motor Speedway. And guess what? Kansas Speedway was a pretty damn entertaining race if you think about all the storylines. NASCAR, and I have bashed the living shit out of them, Bill. You know I've bashed the living shit out of them for years on how dumb they were. And by, by the way, Brian, Fan, Brian France is now completely out of, of NASCAR. All his shares are bought up. He, has, he no longer has anything. His, he has no vote, nothing in NASCAR anymore. When, when they did that deal um, for ISC and all that kind of stuff, he, they, they bought him out. But we've got a new, uh, new leader at the helm of NASCAR, Billy Bradley, and somebody up there is moving this son of a bitch in the right direction. NASCAR is not only coming back, it's coming back with a vengeance, and next thing you know, son, um, I, I think I think five years from now we're going to point. No, I think today we're going to point to Brian France getting pulled over in a DUI or, or DWI to the point that NASCAR uh, turned the corner and started doing right. And I hate to say that, but the fact of the matter is, ever since that dude got pulled over and arrested and he started doing nothing with NASCAR, NASCAR is going nothing but straight up. I'm super excited for the direction we're going. We've got a new car in 2021. 2021, NASCAR is going to look completely different, Billy Bradley. I don't think we're going to see Clint Boyer. I don't think we're going to see Jimmy Johnson. I'm 50-50 I'm on whether Kevin Harvick lasts after 2021, but it's going to be a brand-new NASCAR in 2021 with, with this with this new car coming out. I mean, let's put Cole Custer. I, what, what Adam Stern is reporting is Cole SHR is pretty much begging the new owner, the new management of, of Aris, 
to keep um, Daniel Suarez in the car for one more year because they don't want to bring Cole Custer up. They don't want to bring Cole Custer up to a new car, Billy Bradley. This NASCAR is, is going to skyrocket. At next season, in my opinion, is going to be the biggest ratings we've seen since 2016. I would agree with you that the next season in 2021 is going to be one of the probably top this season. But I want to look out further than, like, we've got to get some more names in this in these seats that yeah. people can relate to, you know, some are – or it really is going to take a big nose dive. You know, once Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, Clint yeah. Boyer, once those guys, yeah, you got Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, but who do you have coming up? I mean, and this is all this all factors into NASCAR buying the ARCA series, the K&Ns, yep. and all that. So they're yep. going to try to rebuild that up. So, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll be all right. Billy, I think we're going to be okay. It's going to take some work, but there's at least now a plan. And without a plan, you're you're planning to fail. Hey, let's go straight to uh, let's go straight to Martinsville, boys. I hate to rub it in your all's faces, but I'm going to anyway. You know me, I hate to brag. I I, I hate to brag, Rob Lopes. You know that. But um, my driver came in second. I'm such a humble person. Uh, I now have four victories to Billy's one and Rob Lopes's one on highest finishing driver, Chase Elliott, who basically when when he qualified and first little bit of that race, I was like, well, damn, I guess I just gave one away. Um, somehow we left Denny Hamlin. Um, we left Denny Hamlin off of there, but uh, and nobody picked him. But uh, we're going to Martinsville Speedway. Billy, I know you love this racetrack. I love it too. It's, it's I'm, Talladega is number one for me. I, I could, you know, the Bristol night race would be number two. Martinsville is third, but it is a solid third for me. I love that racetrack, everything that it that it offers. The only thing I can't stand about that racetrack is those damn hot dogs you and Rob Lopes love. Um, You're I just, crazy. I just soon eat a bucket of shit than eat a damn Martinsville hot dog. But, huh. but that's just that's just me. I know Rob Lopes is over there. Um, Rob Lopes right now is. Is very unhappy that I that I disrespected his hot dogs. Billy, this is a hell of a racetrack. They've got the I believe we have the lights now, and we have a, a later start race in the afternoon. This race could finish under the lights for the first time in history, Billy, which is pretty exciting. But um, Rob Lopes, so talk us about the paper flip. Well, with the weather, I I'm going to agree with you right now. Yeah, I, I think I think because it's a it's a it's a later in the afternoon start. With weather coming in, I think we're going to see it. Rob, tell us about this track. It's a paperclip. It's a tight son of a bitch. It, where you where you restart is damn near everything. But this thing, uh, <laughs> this thing, you got to have your car right. It's got to be able to turn on this thing, doesn't it? Yes. And track position is probably as big here as it is anywhere. Yeah. You need your car to turn in the middle and drive off. That's the big thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And it's going to be exciting. You know, cool temperatures play a big part, and there's weather for this weekend. So, you know, there's a good chance that, the, you know, that track's going to be a green racetrack for a Sunday. Mm. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting for sure. It's a, uh, it's what we call a, uh, <laughs> I think, I, 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 I call it a modified schedule, but I, I think, Basically, what we do is it, it's an impound race. Mm-hmm. You have tech after qualifying. Yep. So you make your qualifying lap, and then you go through tech after that. It, you know, it's an enhanced, I believe, is the, uh, yeah, enhanced, the term yeah. that is used. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the short track races, when you're an enhanced schedule, that's a big deal. It is mm-hmm. a very big deal. And if you lose track position because you fail tech inspection, yeah. Uh, at a place like Martinsville, that's a big thing. That's huge. a big deal. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. You don't want to start off in the hole there, Billy Bradley. Um, no, uh, Billy, are you are you uh, are you going to the race, Billy? Or are you going to deer hunt? No, I'm gonna be out of town this weekend, buddy. That's the only reason I miss Ohio. I'll be missing Martinsville. Will be I'll be taking an Ohio trip. Well, I was, by the way, Rob Lopes, it, it needs to be said so, that Billy Bradley. Do I save some hot dogs or no? No, throw them away. Do I save some hot dogs? Throw them away. I did make a trip 
Hey, uh, this is an undisclosed. Uh, this can be cut out, but there was one Martinsville race. Dan can remember this very ride that I drove all the way up there. Ticket was supposed to be there, and I just there was no ticket, so I ate ten hot dogs, turned around, and drove back to Bristol. No, we can absolutely wait leave. Wait a minute, you had no tickets and you ate ten hot dogs and then you left. <laughs> well. Oh, Here's what happened. I, I, I drove around and talked to some buddies. I mean, I, I, I listened to the race on the way back. I mean, I didn't just leave. Yeah. yeah Billy, Billy drove drove to Martinsville on race day to eat 10 hot dogs and drive home. But that we'll, we'll discuss that at a, off the air with a couple beers uh, and, and talk about the, <laughs> exactly. uh, the, the real story. But, uh, Billy Bradley, I, and, and, and I have to say this. Billy Bradley started last week's show talking about how he was uh, going to sneak out into the woods at, towards the end of it, and I'll be damned. <laughs> half an hour later, he texted us a picture of um, of uh, of a buck he harvested. But Billy Bradley, you're going first, man. You're down four to one, and you're going to have to. I mean, you still have a chance to win. Uh, if you win the next four, you can win. <laughs> but who's your winner and who's your dark horse there, Billy Bradley? Chase Elliott. Damn it. And let's see. Do I can, I'm going to take a shot in the dark, and I'm going with Ty Dillon. That is a shot in the dark, but he, he finished 13th there in the spring. Um, okay, I'm pretty sure you smoked your lunch, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rob, I, I'm, I'm a little suspect there, but well, I guess ever since Daniel Hemrick got on the poll that he's thinking anything can happen, so he just, what's the most unlikely scenario? Ty Dillon is my dark horse. I get it, Billy Bradley. There's a method to your madness. Rob Lowe, who you got for your winner and your dark horse, man? Uh, I'll tell you what, for my winner, it's Denny Hamlin, God, and nice. for my dark horse, it's Clint Boyer. That's a great yeah, pick. I, I was going to take Boyer. Clint Boyer is the reason why Dale Jr. didn't get a victory there um, a year before he ended up getting it because he took it three wide and knocked Jeff. I, I think he got in a fight with Jeff Gordon that race too. But um, so you got uh, um, uh, the four, the eleven and the fourteen. That's good pitch. Listen, I, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Kyle Busch has to win. I've been bashing the shit out of him for six straight races. I'm taking Kyle Busch as my winner at Martinsville. That guy knows how to to do it. And I think he's I think he's just pissed off enough that he um, that he's going to win that race. Although I did not pick him for my final, I actually should pick Martin Truex Jr. Now that I think about it, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick um, I'm going to pick the 18 as my winner. And Billy Bradley, I can't decide whether I want Eric Almarola, who seems to do oddly well at these. He's like good at plate races. He's, he's good here, but. Paul Menard actually kind of makes me – Paul Menard ain't got many starts left. I think maybe he might try to do something. But And I'm also thinking about Daniel Suarez just because he needs to do something. I know what, I'm going with the 41. Hell with it. I'm going with the 41 Daniel Suarez. I'm taking the 18 to win, the 41, which is pretty much like Ty Dillon, um, uh, Billy Bradley. But uh, Rob Lopes is sitting in the damn catbird seat at, at first glance with, with – because then he – I don't know, Chase. Shit, this is playoff, man. Anything can happen, um, boys. I got some uh, some good of the community um, here. You know, we had a tornado here in Dallas um, the other yeah. night. But did a lot of damage. You know, a lot of damage here. You know what I found out? I went to a couple of these neighborhoods, and and what I saw was through the devastation and all kind of, you know, people's lives are changed for uh, probably forever. Um, with with you know losing homes and you know. And, and almost be worse if they, you know, they were all saved, but you can't rebuild these things. It's just, it's just terrible. But I saw a lot of people in the community coming together. Um, now it was a time of, of, you know, desperation, but we don't need to wait for desperation to come around for you go out and meet your neighbors and say hello and be kind. And, you know, and so many people don't know the people they, they live next to for, or two down, two horses, down, two houses down for a couple of years, that sort of thing. Get out, say hello to your neighbors, say be kind, be friendly, say hello. Um, maybe pick up somebody's garbage can that that fell over or something like that. But uh, I saw a lot of good in the community this past week, Billy Bradley, 
and it was good to see. Um, I just really, I, but I, but it stuck out to me because I don't see it during normal week. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's a very good point. I mean, it, it shouldn't take something like that to get us together. Yeah, it really you know should. Put it in two words: be neighborly. Be, be neighborly. neighborly. And you know what? Put, that may be the t- put it in simple words. I mean, Bob Lopes is. Billy Bradley, this is Rob Lopes' first year ever doing a podcast. It's our, what, third? And Rob Lopes has um, had more quotes put as a title yep. <laughs> than I ever have. Uh, but I think Be Neighborly is going to be the title of this podcast coming out. Rob, uh, hopefully you guys rebound at Martinsville. Um, take it easy on the yep. hot dogs, brother. Um, we're old enough now. we got to watch those <laughs> night traits. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I uh, – I'm going to bring up some stuff from the past as far as those hot dogs go. Yeah. Uh, I've eaten several in a sitting and several over a weekend. Ugh. And um, I'm trying to do a little bit better as far as reducing those numbers, although you want to talk about a temptation for, you know, a, a hot dog guy. An XL, an XL, yes, a hot dog guy and an XL size human. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's going to take some willpower, i got to tell you. i got to tell you. And, you know, and looking at the weather with rain and stuff, you know, oh, the thing with these racing guys, man, rain comes in and you eat out of boredom. Yep. Man, I might ha- I might roll up to the old uh, to the old hot dog stand with a C note and say, bring it. You know, and if you want to I mean, hey. That, that's uh, it. That, that's what makes them not want to, I mean, hard to not pass by, $2. Yeah, listen, I'll put it to you like this. You cannot beat a $2 damn hot dog. I mean, it's – and, and as much as much as I don't like those hot dogs, I, there is not a I'm, – I'm a little jealous that Texas doesn't have something like the Martinsville hot dog. I mean, we're in Texas, for Christ's sakes. We do stuff like, you know, bacon-flavored ice cream, um, you know, dumb and shit are, like are that. You brisket tacos, which is, I mean – Brisket tacos, let's be honest. Why don't we do something like that? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But, um, I mean, there's there's uh, a taco shop in the infield for the love of Pete. Yeah, well, yeah, fuzzy tacos. In the infield. Yeah. And I need to be steered away from that when I'm walking into the garage in the morning. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. We used to make. We used to make breakfast at Texas Motor Speedway, and then we then we just started sending the lowest uh, the lowest ranking member of the sloppy yellow fellows down there to pick up breakfast tacos. Um, That's what that, I'm talking about. That that turned out to be a pretty good thing. But Rob Lopes, uh, be safe. Good luck this weekend, Billy Bradley. Um, be safe on your trip to Ohio, boys. Let's go to the paper clip. Let's see a hell of a race, and um, hell, yeah. we may talk about a brand new winner coming up on on Monday. That would be good news. For Rob Lowe, for Billy Bradley, this is Dado signing off. We'll see you all later. Hell yeah. See you later. Thanks for listening to Off the Rails. Take a listen to Dado's new favorite song, Bougie by Mixpack. Can you just like chill for a second and stop being bougie all the dang time? Let's have some fun, all right? Let's go. Bottoms up. Drinks on me. Later on, after party my crib. This girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta chill, need to relax. Not everywhere needs a VIP pass. Keep it up, you'll have no real friends left. Designer girls are gonna earn your respect. Just stop, you're being too loud. Your trash talk won't make your mama proud. Snap, snap, show your picture perfect, fake laugh. Back up, you ain't even in the limelight. Bottoms up, slow down, slow down. Drinks on me, oh, oh, oh. Later on, after party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Girl, you gotta chill, why you so damn thirsty? Oh, he got a rollie, like you so damn basic. And I ain't saying you what you doing at SLS when you stay at Azusa? It's okay, not my bed, so I'm gonna walk away. Got better shit to do than to entertain you. Said she want the Fendi swimsuit with the Fendi shoes. Then she looked at me, I said, you picked the wrong dude. I'm out. Bottoms up. Slow down, slow down. Drinks on me. Oh, 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 oh. Later on, after party.